There is a mysterious cycle in human events. To some generations much is given, of other generations much is expected. This generation has a rendezvous with destiny. These words were spoken by President Franklin Roosevelt, leading into the time of the Great Depression and then into World War II. And it was during that time of crisis that FDR said that this was a time where a generation had much expected of it. We're going to talk today about how do we respond in this time of crisis and what is required of us as ministry leaders as we work with students. I'm Jeff Eckert. I'm Jason Brewer. And this is The Thought Factory. The Thought Factory podcast is brought to you by Never the Same, cultivating students through biblical discipleship and spiritual disciplines using theology, community, and technology. Learn more at neverthesame.org. Well, this is our first episode since the coronavirus situation has affected all of us and We're going to talk about that today in this special edition. We're going to talk about what we do. Jason, I'm seeing you on the screen, and in that way, it's good to see you, my friend. Good to see you as well. This is obviously a very unusual circumstance that we find ourselves in. We are recording this podcast via a screen from two locations. We don't normally do this. We usually record in the same room, in the same studio, but, um, you know, since we've gone into kind of quote-unquote lockdown, stay at home. We've been working from home, and yet we still feel like we want to speak to our audience and provide some thoughts during this time. So that is exactly what we're doing. So the, the, the phrase that we keep hearing is new normal. This is the new normal. What is the new normal? Or where are we going into the future? Those are the questions we're all asking. What we want to talk about today is the effect of this specifically in the digital realm and how this might affect what our new normal is as we progress into a different future, hopefully somewhat back to normal, although we all realize that things probably won't be like they were in the past. Some people think it'll we'll just go right back to normal. Some people think it'll be completely different. What we're interested in today and talking about and thinking about and processing with you is what does it mean? Some of these basic questions like what does it mean to connect? What does it mean for students who are digital natives to grow up into this into this new reality? And what do we do in our work and our efforts as youth directors, youth workers, parents, as we're talking with and leading this new generation? We are even discussing how a church is a gathering most of the time. We gather on a weekly basis with our students as uh, a community. And what does that look like? Can we still operate if we can't physically get together and we have to rely on a digital platform to be able to communicate our message and communicate the gospel, but we can't physically be in the same area as the people that we are are ministering to? I think what's interesting is that in this situation, I, I in being in ministry context for several decades, one of the most basic things I never thought about is the fact that ministry almost in its essence is based upon physical gatherings. And that's pretty amazing to think about that almost 
the overwhelming majority of what we do in our ministries, local churches and, and campus ministries all across the board, is based upon the idea of physical gathering. And now that's been removed from the equation. And I think it's all forced us to ask some very, very deep questions. One of those questions is, what is the essence of what we really do? And we're going to be talking about that more and more. But Jason, you and I talked, like, how do we operate as local entities trying to connect people when we're not able to physically be together? And that's obviously led us into some great creativity with technology when it comes to how we connect virtually. I think we are all trying to scramble and figure this situation out. We are, we may not have had the foresight as much in months to prepare. And, and even if we did to actually have the, the courage to react in such a way in ahead of time. So now we are faced to, be shut down and can't meet on a regular basis. We are away from all the students that we are interacting with, and we are trying to figure out how do we even interact with them on a more prominent level digitally, not just over social media or text, but video and live streaming and content that you you have to create that is is for people via screen. So it's almost like you become this TV show producer uh, in a sense where you're like, all right, what can entertain this student for the next 30 minutes, an hour, hour and a half? You know, it's completely different shift than when you can just gather and pour into students and rely on them pouring into students as well. This scenario that we're in, I mean, there, there are so many resources out there about how to do particularly student ministry right now in this digital um, environment that we're in. We're not going to talk about that because there's a ton of things. I think what we want to get into is just more of the philosophical side of it. And here's something for us to, to consider right now is we're doing what's necessary right now to connect. But what do we do to prepare to come out of this? And here's here's something to think about. I was talking with a friend in ministry uh, last week, and he was saying that at their larger church, they, you know, have been streaming their services for years like many churches have. But he was talking about how grateful he was that they do that because one of the uh, ladies that, you know, she works different shifts and uh, doesn't have a normal schedule. She's like, I'm so grateful for the being able to stream every week because it makes me feel connected. And that asked, that really, to me, brought up the question that I want to ask is, how is it that she can feel connected when she's never known or seen by anyone else in that faith community? And here's the question for us to consider right now. As we're connecting with students virtually, how real is that connection? And Jason, you brought up a good point in, in, in the preparation for this discussion about uh, how students are, are facing this and thinking about it. Uh, as compared to us as adults, it brought to mind the the term digital native versus digital nomads. You and I are nomads. We are foreign to the digital age in the world of students. Students are digital natives. They have grown up in this. That's all they know. They they are used to interacting over a screen or over a, a smartphone in text. And and so for us, 
we we feel this resistance to the digital age of like the church shouldn't be this way and we we should be gathering in a a physical environment but to a student i just ask the question is it foreign for them to gather physically and it's more uh comfortable or or more uh innate in them to to interact via digitally via text via the screen and you know when they are in a, a Zoom call with their small group and they start to open up more than they would have if they were in a physical small group, you go, why is that? Like, why are they feeling more comfortable uh, to do that, to, to be honest and, and vulnerable when they are alone in a room, but they are able to see the rest of their, their small group? I, it, what comes to mind even is a small group leader able to see a student open up even via text and share their story. And it's like, they don't normally do that in a face-to-face interaction. And so it's like, why, why is that? And to us, it seems so foreign to us. I think the same reason is for that is why people can just, you know, get aggressive in their opinions and comments online is because sometimes there's not that other side of accountability of being face-to-face. And so some of that does make sense. And I would say in my experience as a father, I've got three daughters. Two of them are, are, are post-high school age. One is a freshman in high school. And even in my own family, my older daughters have commented how uh, our, our freshman, the, her interactions, uh, even her personality, and socially, she's completely different as a generation. They, they've said there is a distinct line between her and her generation and us. And I think part of that, we could easily say, well, it, it, it goes to the, the advent of the smartphone. What's interesting is my oldest daughter did not get a smartphone until she was 18 going to college. That's when she got it. The next one got it at 16. And our uh, youngest, I think she was either 13 or 14. So those that went down. I think part of that's a factor in in what we're doing, you know, in allowing the the time that students can have, you know, access to that technology in their own device. But I think that what we need to say is probably for students, the, the digital doorway is much more accessible for students to begin to be vulnerable. But I I just fear that when this is over, we might leave it there as youth workers. We might say, well, we're going to stick with this. And that begs the question that a friend asked to another pastor friend of mine last week, because they were talking about how great things were going virtually. He said, then why do you need to gather at all? Right? Why, when this is over, what's the point? If we can connect so deeply and, that's where we begin, we need to really begin to think about what's our case now. And this is what I want you to think about as you're listening to this. What's your case now? If you feel like physically gathering is so important, you better have a really good case to offer because some people, and I've talked with pastors, they, they're sensing that some people may never return. They'll just continue to connect digitally. And so we have to ask, why is it important to physically gather? And what does it really mean to connect? Yeah, you can't just rely on the fact that they're going to come back. Like when all of this is over, we don't know when, weeks, months, years. We don't know what the future holds uh, in a sense. 
But when this is all over and we are like, hey, we can finally gather again. And you realize the majority of the students are asking, why don't you continue to do the Zoom? Why don't you continue to upload a live stream? Why don't you provide the resources that you did during this time so that I can just stay home? And like you said, we have to have a really compelling biblical base reason for us to gather. Otherwise, they go, well, then I'd, I'd rather just stay home. And it's your loss because you're not providing uh, a method for me to engage digitally. Yeah. You know, so you can go to some of those cases, you know, in scripture where it says, let us not forsake gathering together. You know, Jesus said we're two or three more gathered. Um, we also talked about in the in the early days of uh, Jesus' life where it says, you know, he attended the synagogue as was his custom. I've always said that those four words were were a powerful example to us today when it says Jesus went to the synagogue as was his custom. Those four words in the NIV. And I, I just want to encourage you as you're listening to this, begin to think about that and begin to plant those seeds because, you know, we've noticed and I've noticed as, as we've observed the messaging that we're giving as ministry leaders right now, we're saying, hey, we're still the church and we don't need buildings. And, and boy, is that true? And I'm not disagreeing with that. However, we need to be aware of the other side, the double-edged sword that that message is giving. And the, the double-edged sword is, well, we don't really need a building. And I will say this, and I know I'm old school, but I would say physical gathering is absolutely essential for local church ministry and for youth ministry. I just, I know there are other ways you can do it. I know there are ways we can connect, but when it comes to our local settings, I just believe that we were designed to be physically together. And so the question right now for us as you're thinking about this episode and the time that we're in is what do you do now to prepare to make your case to either radically change and become more or all digital or do you uh, and virtual or do you make your case for why the gatherings are important? And what if the church resists the resistance of the digital? Like if digital is the way things are moving and students are are more comfortable via virtual what if you are a church that resists do you become a pocket in society that is kind of forgotten about you know does your your church not be effective in your community and is more irrelevant because you are not engaging in a method that they're used to you know we think of the Amish as a resistance to electricity and how they have become a pocket of society that people aren't just trying to get into their society and live like the Amish. They are, they are a very special part of, of society that has said, we are going to resist this movement of electricity and we're going to live this way, but they have isolated themselves away from everybody else. Yeah, this is a great challenge of our time right now. And I'm talking about in our time of this hopefully short time as we're separated that we need to consider with urgency is what is our case? What are we trying to, to go after here? And what are we trying to say? And so as you consider this, you know, in, in this special edition that we're doing here, think about what this means for you and what you can begin to do now to create a plan 
and purpose and messaging for what this will look like when it's over because it will be over things will return but i think jason your point um is is one that really struck me about for those of us that really focus on physical gatherings will we more and more become the anomaly i don't think it will happen overnight but we could be trending that way and i'm, I'm just for one i'm going to state my case here a lot of times i don't we don't but i'm going to state my case that i believe that we need to be messaging and fighting for the physical gathering because something happens that's very unique when we gather together. Absolutely. Hey, over the next few episodes, this is a special edition series that we're doing. We're gonna be talking about some other things affecting us right now. We're gonna talk about the number one thing that we believe that you need to be focused on right now in, in working with students. We're gonna do another conversation about how to, how to go about decision-making in, in a time of crisis. We're also going to talk about what we call the big question that this crisis is forcing all of us to answer. That episode and conversation is coming out as well. We, we want to thank you for joining us during this time. And we're trying to crank these episodes out um, a lot more nimble and quick. And so they may sound a little bit different, but we want to be interacting and responding with you during this uh, crisis that we're in. And so again, we want to thank you for joining us today on this episode. The Thought Factory podcast is brought to you by Never the Same, whose vision is to see new generations transformed in Christ to further the kingdom of God. Learn more at neverthesame.org.